What is Truth? 9-11 Written by Greg Fernandez Jr. Narrated by Ryan Barry World Trade Center 7 Barry Jennings was a city housing authority worker when he and the corporate counsel Michael Hess found themselves trapped inside World Trade Center Building 7. Although later Mr. Hess would deny he heard any explosions inside of Building 7, he was caught on film of the day of 9-11 telling a reporter, There was an explosion and we've been trapped on the 8th floor with smoke, thick smoke, all around us for about an hour and a half. Barry Jennings told co-creator of Loose Change series, Dylan Avery, that when he made it down to the 6th floor, there was an explosion. The explosion was beneath me. Jennings added that the staircase that I was standing on just gave way. When Jennings heard explosions below him, he and Mr. Hess made it back to the 8th floor. I heard some more explosions. That's when Jennings turned to Hess and said, This is it. We're dead. We're not going to make it out of here. While all this was happening, both of the Twin Towers were still standing. Barry Jennings also told Dylan Avery, I was trapped in there when both Twin Towers came down. All this time, I'm hearing explosions. Later that day, after the Twin Towers had fallen, Jennings and Hess were still trapped inside the Building 7. It was the heroic firefighters who saved the two men from certain death before the World Trade Center 7 collapsed at 5.20 p.m. on September 11th. Building 7 imploded straight down, just like the Twin Towers. Yet unlike the Twin Towers, World Trade Center 7 was not hit by an airplane. The firefighters led Barry Jennings and Michael Hess down into the lobby of Building 7. Before the airplane attacks, all was normal in Building 7. The lobby had nice escalators, Jennings told Avery. It was a huge lobby. When they were being let out of WTC-7, Jennings didn't recognize the lobby anymore. At one point, he turned and asked firefighters, Where are we? This was the lobby, Jennings was told. You gotta be kidding me, responded Jennings. The lobby was in total ruins. Walking over what he said felt like dead bodies, Jennings said the firefighters kept telling him, Do not look down. Why is that? Jennings asked. The firefighters repeated, do not look down. Jennings was stepping over people you know you could feel when you're stepping over people. He would later clarify that I never saw dead bodies. It felt like I was stepping over them, but I never saw them. Two days before the release of the NIST final report on the collapse of WTC-7, Baring Jennings allegedly died on August 19, 2008. Alex Jones reported on the death of Barry Jennings. Jones stated, We interviewed him for loose change. Final cut. He begged us, saying he'd been threatened, saying his pension had been threatened, his job had been threatened, and other threats, if he didn't shut up. Then he didn't really recant. He said, yeah, there were explosions. Yeah, before the towers fell, in Building 7. A 2008 Infowars.com article by Aaron Dykes summed up the strange timing of the newly released NIST report and the death of Barry Jennings. It is very unusual that a prominent and controversial 9-11 witness would die only days before the release of the NIST report on WTC-7, and shortly after a firestorm erupted over the testimony, he had heard explosions inside the building prior to the collapse of either tower, and there was dead bodies in the building's blown-out lobby. His boss talked about explosions, said Alex Jones after Jennings passed away. Firefighters, police talk about it. EMTs talk about it. There's cops on CNN saying, Get back. They're going to blow it up. It's going to come down. And the owner said that they blew it up. So the problem is, see, Barry Jennings is credible because he was the deputy emergency manager of the area. So that's why he had to get rid of him. And I have no doubt they killed him. 
It's hard to say what happened to Barry Jennings, Deputy Director of Emergency Service Department for the New York City Housing Authority. Some think he's dead. Others suspect he's in witness protection programs of some sort. Reportedly, a spokesperson for the New York Housing Authority confirmed that Jennings passed away on August 19, 2008. Dylan Avery's interview with Barry Jennings became a big part of the Jason Berman's film Invisible Empire. Jennings said he received a call shortly after the first plane hit. He made his way to WTC 7. Jennings was on the 23rd floor of the World Trade Center 7 when the second plane hit. When he got the OEM, Officer of Emergency Management, EOC, Emergency Operations Center, there was no one there. I saw coffee that was on the desk. Smoke was still coming up from the coffee, Jennings told Avery. I saw half-eaten sandwiches. It was just he and the Corporation Counsel Mike Hess inside World Trade Center 7. Jennings made a few calls and was told, Leave right away. The two men made their way to the stairwell of the 23rd floor, intent on exiting the building is told. While running down the stairs in total darkness, the two men made it to the sixth floor stairwell. The landing that we were standing on gave way, said Jennings. There was an explosion, and the landing, what they were standing on, gave way. Jennings was hanging on to what was left of the sixth floor stairwell. I was left there hanging. The force of the explosion rocked Mr. Jennings so hard he ended up hanging on to a pole closer to the seventh floor. I'm thinking I'm standing on the landing. I'm actually holding on to a pole above us. He and Mr. Hess went back up to the 8th floor. This would be around the same time Jimmy G and the other two firefighters watching in the lobby of the North Tower collapsed and heard multiple explosions. From the time the North Tower was struck at 8.46 a.m. to the time the South Tower was hit at 9.02 a.m., some firefighters were injured due to the explosives going off inside the two towers. William Rodriguez also heard explosives going off on multiple levels of the World Trade Center. Jimmy G believed that there could be more bombs in any of the nearby buildings. Building 7 was across the street from the Twin Towers on Vesey Street. Barry Jennings and Michael Hess were trapped inside World Trade Center 7 before the South Tower collapsed at freefall speed in 10 seconds. The South Tower fell first, even though it was struck after the North Tower. That alone should raise some questions. Both buildings are standing, said Jennings. The fire department came and ran. This happened twice, after each tower fell. Trapped for several hours inside of WTC-7, firefighters came back to rescue the two men for a third and final time. This time, Jennings and Hess were escorted out of the building to safety. Jennings described explosives going off while he and Mr. Hess were trapped inside the building. All day on 9-11, Jennings explained, All this time... I'm hearing all types of explosions. All the time, I'm hearing explosions. Before WTC-7 fell, a police officer told Jennings, You have to run, because there were reports of more explosions. Jennings, like so many other people, did not understand why WTC-7 fell. I know what I heard. I heard explosions. Jennings was later told that the explosions he heard were because of fuel oil tanks inside of the building. I'm an old boiler guy. If it were the fuel oil tanks, it would have only been one side of the building. Demolishing WTC-7 World Trade Center leaseholder Larry Silverstein publicly admitted he was involved in the pooling of World Trade Center Building 7. Referring to why World Trade Center Building 7 was brought down on September 11, 2001, Silverstein said, I remember getting a call from the fire department commander telling me that they were not sure they were going to be able to contain the fire. I said, you know, we've had such a terrible loss of life. 
maybe the smartest thing to do is to pull it. And they made that decision to pull. And then we watched the building collapse. The pulling led to the collapse of World Trade Center 7, according to what Silverstein said in the PBS documentary American Rebuilds, which aired on September 10, 2002. On April 23, 2010, PrisonPlanet.com writer Paul Watson reported on some interesting facts about why Building 7 was pulled. In his article titled, Bombshell, Silverstein wanted to demolish Building 7 on 9-11. Watson explained how a Fox News hit piece against Jesse Ventura and 9-11 Truth Movement, written by former Washington, D.C. prosecutor Jeffrey Scott Shapiro, inadvertently reveals a shocking truth about World Trade Center 7 leaseholder Larry Silverstein. Larry Silverstein was on the phone to his insurance company, Watson continued, pushing for the building to be demolished, which is precisely what happened later in that day. And as innumerable eyewitnesses as well as footage and physical evidence prove, the collapse of WTC-7 could have been nothing else than a controlled demolition, which would place Silverstein's $500 million insurance payout in severe jeopardy if ever acknowledged. Shapiro's testimony, intended to debunk questions surrounding the official story behind 9-11, has only succeeded in raising more, because it completely contradicts Larry Silverstein's insistence that he never considered deliberately demolishing WTC-7 with explosives. Craig Bartmer, an NYPD officer, gave an eyewitness account that should have been mainstream news. I walked around Building 7. I saw a hole. I didn't see a hole bad enough to knock a building down. Yeah, there was definitely fire in the building, but I didn't hear any. I didn't hear anything creaking or... I didn't hear any indication that it was going to come down. And all of a sudden, the radios exploded, and everyone started screaming, Get away! Get away! Get away from it! It was at that moment. I looked up, and it was nothing. It was nothing I would ever imagine seeing in my life. The thing started peeling in on itself. Somebody grabbed my shoulder, and I started running, and the shit's hitting the ground behind me, and the whole time you're hearing, Boom! 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 I think I know an explosion when I hear it. Yeah, it had some damage to it, but nothing like they're saying. Nothing to account for what I saw. I'm shocked at the story we've heard about it, to be quite honest. BBC Questions At 4.57pm on September 11, 2001, the British Broadcasting Corporation reported that World Trade Center 7 had also collapsed. While World Trade Center 7 stood in the background, reporter Jane Stanley told BBC presenter Phil Hayton that WTC 7 had just collapsed. However, World Trade Center 7 had not collapsed yet and would not collapse until 23 minutes later at 5.23 p.m. When questioned by a We Are Change UK activist years later, Phil Hayton initially forgot he was broadcasting live for the BBC on September 11th. I was in a theater, Hayden told the activist. He was at a matinee. I didn't have anything to do with it on the day. When the activist explained that the BBC reported the collapse of WTC 7 prior to the actual collapse, Hayden responded, I didn't know that. I haven't heard that one. I'm surprised I haven't heard it. Hayden was asked if he ever heard of World Trade Center Building 7. No, Hayden responded. The activist then reminded Hayden that he was one of the first people to report the early collapse of World Trade Center 7. I don't remember it, no. Hayden responded, My memory is not my strongest suit, and there was no such thing on. I really don't remember the sequence of events. I wasn't in the studio, for sure that day. I didn't go in. At 4.57 p.m. EST on September 11, 2001, Phil Hayton told the BBC audience, Now more on the latest building collapse in New York. The Solomon Brothers building collapsing, 
and indeed it has. Apparently that's only a few hundred yards away from the World Trade Center towers, and it seems that that was not a result of a new attack. It was because the building had been weakened during the morning's attack. It's only when Hayden is reminded that he was on the studio on the evening of September 11th that he remembered where he was that day. Hayden was then in the theater with his son, heard the news about the terror attacks on the radio, and went back to the BBC studio. The activist for We Are Change UK told Hayden one of the reasons this topic remained so controversial was because to this day, no scientist or engineer has been able to provide a plausible reason for the building's collapse. The activist pointed out that the NIST believes even the most plausible scenario is highly unlikely. Hayden responded, This sounds so significant. I'm just amazed. I didn't know about this. Is there no official explanation? None at all. Hayden asked what the BBC's response to this was. He was told BBC lost the original footage. Hayton then asked, I sense that you think there's a conspiracy here. You might be right. The Solomon Brothers building, also known as World Trade Center 7, is a 47-story skyscraper. Offices inside Building 7 include the Department of Defense, the IRS, the Secretary and Exchange Commission, the Secret Service, one of the largest CIA offices outside of Virginia, and the New York Office of Emergency Management, OEM. In a live BBC News report on September 11, 2001, reporter Jane Stanley, broadcasting from New York, explained to Phil Hayton in the London studio that Building 7 had just collapsed. Stanley then told Hayton that the whole downtown area was sealed off, except for rescue workers. She also noted that the part of the Marriott Hotel had also partially collapsed. Hayden asked how many people were in the Solomon Brothers building when it collapsed, and if there was fear of other buildings collapsing. Jane Stanley then reported that the area had been completely evacuated. Then, just before WTC7 actually collapsed at 5.20 p.m., the live feed for Jane Stanley cut out. The BBC has since apologized for the mistake. Years later, Jane Stanley was asked about her early reporting of WTC7 collapsing. I was thrown not a question, but a statement of fact. I don't know where that came from. I mean, it's very, very difficult being in that position where you've got no communication, no access to information, and that just comes out in left field. It was very upsetting about a year ago because of the level of persecution and the virulence in which I was spoken about. It's just very unfortunate the whole conspiracy, kind of what I think rather ridiculous situation, has grown out of what really was a very small and very honest mistake. When comparing WTC7 to WTC4, 5, and 6, it is strange that 4, 5, and 6 have more structural damage than WTC7, yet they did not collapse at freefall speed. PrisonPlanet.com reported, Firefighters were there. Firefighters were told. Firefighters were told to move away from WTC7 moments before it collapsed. In February of 2002, Silverstein Properties won $861 million from industrial risk insurers to rebuild on the site of WTC7. Silverstein Properties' estimated investment in WTC7 was $386 million, so this building's collapse resulted in a profit of about $500 million. So we have three buildings that fell in the same exact way, yet one was pulled by the owner of the World Trade Center, Larry Silverstein. Larry Silverstein leased the building on July 24, 2001, two months before the attacks happened. The insurance on the World Trade Center allowed Silverstein to collect $5 billion due to the destruction of the World Trade Center buildings. Had the towers not fallen that day, 
Silverstein would have been forced to pay around $200 million in renovations, including removing the asbestos from the inside of the Twin Towers. World Trade Center 1, 2, and 7 all collapsed in the same exact way. On the afternoon of September 11th, MSNBC asked FDNY Lieutenant David Rattusio about WTC-7. You guys knew this was coming all day? Rattusio then replied, We had heard the report that the building was unstable, and that it eventually would either come down on its own, or it would be taken down. On February 22, 2011, former Secretary of Defense Donald Rumsfeld made his way onto the Mancow radio show, claiming he hadn't heard of World Trade Center 7. Rumsfeld was then asked why Building 7 collapsed on September 11, 2001, and responded with, What is Building 7? Pushed further about the mysterious collapse of the 46-story building, Rumsfeld simply added, I have no idea. I've never heard that. Presented with evidence about WTC 7, Fox News host Geraldo Rivera began to have his own suspicions about how the building fell. Rivera told Judge Andrew Napolitano of Freedom Watch, I think that it's highly unlikely that our government would do anything nefarious on a scale of this epic nature. However, the building does come down in a way that is reminiscent of a controlled demolition. Judge Napolitano then asked Geraldo, could the most obnoxious protesters in recent years be right if explosives were there, and the government didn't cause, didn't know about it, but won't tell us about it? Could is a very, very big word, Geraldo answered. But if indeed explosives were involved, then yes, those loathsome 9-11 was an inside job protesters may have some reason to have adherence of people more mainstream, more responsible than that. This has been What is Truth? 9-11, written by Greg Fernandez Jr., narrated by Ryan Barry, copyright by Greg Fernandez Jr., production copyright by Greg Fernandez Jr.